Hello friends, welcome to the 8th house of astrology, ruler of occult, magic, mystery, and truth. Join me, Sarah, a developing psychic medium with a scientific mind, and my good friend Eliza, a tarotist and thanatologist, as we explore, through the lens of the tarot, the healing hidden within the deepest and sometimes the darkest corners of the human experience. I found out about you because I saw um, Christina. I actually met her from being on the Fortune's Wheelhouse Academy. Um, do, are you familiar with them? I'm in the same art group she's in. That, oh, and that's, we, we both went to okay. Cosm together to study art. That's how I met her. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Yeah. She posted something on that. It's a tarot group, like a tarot study group. Um, saw her post there and she had posted the bohemian animal tarot and i was like oh my gosh who did that i love that she's like oh this is my friend such and such and I, so i went down a rabbit hole of seeking oh. you out and found you and everything so Amazing. i love so it how it gets to people what have you created um well i've also created my fairy magic message card deck and um right the oracle of the innocent heart that's about um you would love that one because it's all about i have that one oh, yeah. i'll pick from it remember oh, he picked so granddad i thought <laughs> it so early yeah um so that one the tarot and the fairy message cards and i've got well, the new one's called the mexican lotteria deck it's it's based on that lotteria game it's played in mexico called the mexican lotteria and so we're making it into a fortune telling deck with 52 cards and um oh cool one of the cards is a melon another card is a mermaid it's just it's so weird it's got inanimate objects in it as well as people and animals i love and, it i love it and then i've just made my own one up called the wilder ones oracle deck and it's just all weird people like witches and leprechauns and wild looking people with um tarot card girls and it's a bit witchy <laughs> and yeah the wilder witch ones a message and affirmation card deck and their one's a bit more in depth so Wow, yeah. that's really cool. I can't wait. Yeah, Did you have like a special relationship with your rooster? Oh yeah, I've had about 10 roosters over the years since I've been here, 20 years, but um some of them put themselves in front of snakes and we've got a lot of deadly, you know, we've got snakes oh, in Australia. Gosh. So one sneaks into the chook pen the, and a good rooster puts himself in front of the Aww. snake and protects from the girls and sometimes I'd go down to the pen and he would be dead and all the rest Aww. are alive so that I know that he was like yeah. protected him yeah he was a Aww. true man yeah. <laughs> so we'll crazy. have to use that example in the emperor when we get we record that next so we'll, yeah. I feel like that's about positive masculinity and and so I'm just kind of interested in how you came to know your gift with animals um if it extends past animals and then maybe like how you got to tarot or had you always done divination or, you know, just fill me in. <laughs> tarot has been since I was a little girl, my grandmother was a like gypsy tarot lady. And I, I, I've never had one time where we weren't visiting grandma and grandma would say, read my tarots. That was when I was nine years old. I'd have to get out. The awesome. cards. She, she taught me. I, I just remember it my whole life. And, so I've always been reading the tarot since I was a little girl. So, and then I always even had, when I was a little girl, I was going to draw my own tarot one day. I just couldn't do it at <laughs> nine years old. But 
I didn't understand it enough, but I'd put them under my pillow at 10 years old and I'd be reading the whole family's tarot cards all my life. And then when I got to school, I, I thought everyone was like this. I didn't realize I was the only one reading tarot. <laughs> I was the only one in everyone's star sign. And um, so I'd read the teacher's tarot cards at lunchtime. And, um, and then I'd be teaching my friends how to read it at school. And it just like became normalized. And, but I was like the first one at school because this is like 40 years ago. And, um, and then I've just been, I learned more when I drew my own deck. It was after drawing. Yeah. Isn't that crazy like that? You know, crazy I'm, I'm trying to make a, um, a Rousseral deck and make it like the world is our yard. Um, and I started conceiving of the ideas, like the directions were the elements. And then that really, really helped me like open up, like, oh my gosh, I could have the tree be the, you know, the queen or whatever. And it just, yeah, yeah. it started blowing my mind how I could make Al's story through the tarot it seemed fitting you know that is true about the four elements so that's what really because they're in everything and that's yeah yeah that's what kind of like made sense to me you grew up with it so you probably like you said you thought everybody knew it I did not I had to like figure out what made it click for me and once I understood it was about the elements I was like oh I get this get what's well, going on when I, was a little, when I was a little girl I didn't get the elements I just thought they were all individual I didn't see them as elements because I didn't really understand the wheel of life back then I didn't see them as seasons I just saw them as suits like card decks it was only yeah. when I started drawing I realized well they are the elements and like it was that late that I so I saw them all as individual cards back then but right when I started drawing them myself and and my problem cards that I've always had problems with like the emperor or um, there's a few other problem cards. I really got to understand them when I drew them and that's when I changed them around a bit so I could understand them. Yeah. Um, yeah. In my deck. So yeah, even when I'm just cards. Yeah. yeah. Even just thinking about them differently, yeah. I've noticed has opened it up. Like because like when I think of what feeling does that direction, that tree facing that direction make me feel instead of going oh that's the king of whatever you know like it just seems so impersonal yeah i can't memorize i've been good at um memorizing mass i can only understand and memorize things if i understand it that's why i never was yeah at mass and anything i had to memorize that i didn't like i just would go in right one so even like geography i didn't get it until i actually went on the road on my first like cross-country trip yeah i didn't get in it yeah I was yeah. like oh this is what's happening I'm following this road <laughs> I have to do it yeah I that's exactly the same so it's really good that now I'm just all I do is oracle decks with my art I do a few commissions and things but I'm always looking for the next oracle deck to create because I'm just addicted to it I just well, that is so cool that you grew up with tarot and it was just part of your life and did you ever feel like you were you reading fortunes? Like, did they have, uh, do you have, do you feel that you had powers of prophecy or anything like that or visions? Yeah, or? I, I do. I didn't realize I was doing it so well. I thought I was just reading the cards, but now the cards I've realized are just tools. Cause then once I start going, I don't even look at the cards at all. Just the energy just flows up from the cards from what the people have chosen. And I'm, I'm reading in between lines and like sometimes, um, for example, the you know the devil card can mean different to different 
different readings. It depends on surrounding cards. And yeah. and then I pick up the people's energy more and I realise I'm not always reading the cards anymore. But mm. when I was young, I was quickly reading the cards or I'd open the book or, you know. Um, but now I, I, I tell everyone to throw away the books and just study the card yourself and make up your own meaning, even write down your own little book with the cards instead. That's the best way to understand it rather than thinking you're wrong or, oh, I just can't un- memorise this one. Don't memorise it. Just make up your own meanings from the pictures. That's why it's so important to have good illustrations on the on the tarot, not so people can be triggered with symbols themselves for their own meaning. Yeah, and course, I think it know. has to... Um... It has to like speak to you personally. That's why it's so wonderful. We have such a wide variety of decks to choose from and artists that, that, um, you know, like your art spoke to me where maybe it wouldn't another person or vice versa, you know? So it's strange, but I'm a very audio person, like auditory. So without someone talking about the cards, like you probably had your grandmother um, yeah. to give you at least a foundation of the ideas of what the pictures were representing. I'm guessing. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that's so better if you could go like, yeah. So it's almost like, you know, when I was a kid and my parents would read the books, it was, it was sure the pictures were accompanying the story, but to me, it was, I really latched on the story and I would go into the words and really think about it. And and then I could like, remember that and go in and in and question that. And so the pictures were there to kind of guide me through that process, but they weren't the main thing. And so without, without any oral tradition or story or something to, um, there are books on tarot, but yeah, I think I like the spoken word more too. That's it. Yeah. spoken word and visuals for me as well like and that is different than reading a book yourself that's like yeah because you're in the listening mode you don't have to try to concentrate on looking at the words right right Right. you can picture it yeah Yeah. and then so when you see it you're like oh yeah that's what I was picturing you know or how they see it and I started seeing tarot and everything (laughs) like I couldn't unsee it everywhere everywhere same here all the time it's well, do you have like a, do you have car- well you talk about hard cards do you have cards you particularly love or um like yeah, I now I know what you mean like you associate with your own personal things um yeah yeah so like scary cards to me which I'm still getting my head around now I'm I'm finally at peace with the tower card like that used to <sighs> make me a bit scared if that came up oh my god everything's gonna change it's gonna be like I no longer know it anymore and you know just because we're humans and change is the only constant thing but so the tower card taught me not to be afraid of change just to let that construct crumble sometimes so you could pick it all back up from fresh and keep rebuilding yourself as a fresh person all the time so the tower is sort of now positive to me because I can see sometimes my old paradigms did need to crumble like old mm-hmm. beliefs or whatever. And then I can re- rebuild myself. It doesn't have to mean you lose everything. It doesn't have to mean you're in jail or. Maybe it's Phoenix like. Yeah. It's more Phoenix like, whereas, so now I've got my head around, like even the devil card used to scare me as well because I'd think, oh, addictions and chaining to things. And then I think without you seeing it, then you might not pick up that you are chained to that or, 
That's exactly. so subtle, some things that you can be chained to that the devil card can help you even see what you are chained to and what you need to yeah. release. Yeah. Like because if you don't see it, card, you never know, right? No. And even the devil card looks like the lover's card in oh, the yeah, old writer. Oh, sure. mm-hmm. yeah. And that's amazing. That's like the good and bad of, or the light and dark <laughs> of that situation, too, that you can be in a codependent relationship in the lover's mm-hmm. card, which is mm-hmm. toxic as the turning of the devil card you know so i'm interested in how you view the the lover's card i think i view it very differently than most people yeah how well, do you sometimes it's not always romantic it's more spiritual to me it feels mm-hmm. like but the angel is over the top and it's like we could be in love with every, anything it doesn't have to be a yeah. physical man or woman or so i'm a gemini yeah, so that's just being in love in your life Oh, yeah. yeah, I've got a Gemini moon. My moon's in Gemini. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. so I'm always, yeah, I'm, think, I'm Gemini-ish too. But yeah, I feel that's very Gemini card, actually. It is. Yeah. So, it so I think be- of it as more like I'm always, and maybe you have this too, as, a, as it's your moon card. I mean, your moon, <laughs> your moon <Yeah>. sign. <laughs> um, <laughs> your moon card. Um, I, uh, I feel like the Gemini is not as, as a light and fickle and dual as, as they say I think it it is more about um sort of like I picture like the yin and yang symbol yeah, in Taoism where there's two sides to the same coin and yeah it's like um see I can't think at night <laughs> so maybe we're well matched you can't think in the morning <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like I'm worn out for the day, but um, well, I should have done mine at night and yours in the morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should have. Oh my gosh, it would have been much better. But it's okay. We're in that weird liminal space. Um, yeah, yeah, we're doing so all right. I I think that the the idea is like it comes up for me when I'm questioning whether I'm kind of in alignment with my life's purpose if I'm in the right place at the right time and so like you're talking about being in love with anything in love with yourself like I kind of feel like as a Gemini I'm always looking for that fulfillment from the other part of me the dark side the shadow or the light side you know like the whatever it is the other side the opposite side and so if if they are not in alignment that's going to cause me I'm not going to feel right. So no, I totally hear, I get it. And that's why I'm always, I do love, and I'm a Sagittarius sun. So ah, I love that. But the Gemini. That's great. Yeah. It's not all so positive, but you can bring the negative into, like it's all the light, dark shadow. My shadow follows me around everywhere. So I need to look at it. Like we can't escape the shadow when light shines upon us. It creates the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, and being a photographer and you being an artist, definitely there's a lot of yeah, always thinking about them. light and shadow. Yeah. It's very, it's very literal in my life. So Same having literal. to look at it as a literal thing. I love looking at And when I pop up some of my negative traits that pop up along the way, I I like to look at them and examine them. And, and, I, and, that, and I embrace them as the whole of me. Like I'm not evil. So it's just like, but, you know, I can go down to the darkness sometimes and, yeah. become negative or sometimes battle with depression which I have in the past but I think 
that's taught me to be in the present moment more. Yeah. So I don't yeah. go to the past and dredge anything up. So that's that finding that balance too. Well, I have to ask you now, what is your uh, rising sign? Taurus. Okay. I was like, yeah. don't tell me we're like <laughs> the same. Mine is cancer. So it's oh. similar. It's really similar. Yeah. My moon is in, my moon's in Aquarius. So I feel like oh, you and I have some, similar. a lot of similarities. Yeah. yeah. I think Aquarius and Sagittarius quite similar. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Wow. And then, and, and Taurus and Cancer are similar in their home, you know, their love of home and family. Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. So I love that. But I'm, and my favorite cards, I think, are the happy, like, I love the Queen of Cups. I love yeah. the Queen of Wands. Yeah. I love all the Wands and I love the celebrationary party. So, like, the Three of Cups and, um, yeah, I love, yeah, I love all the positive, but I do love the death card as well. I, I love it too. Yeah, because it's to me like, like it's not, you wouldn't say auntie, your auntie's dying or anything, but it could <laughs> represent physical death as well. Like it could, like they could see it as that, but it's to me a lot deeper. It's more, it's similar to the tower. That's why I like the way they come up. Yeah. You know, alongside the order. Like, and that death feels even calmer than the tower, like. Yeah, I have this little bit of cynicism in me where I almost like gravitate towards the dark cards. Yeah. And for a while, I didn't like the star and I didn't like the sun. Yeah, I just, <laughs> yeah the star, the star doesn't do much for me either. But the sun, I've always liked. Yeah, I've always so loved funny. the sun. I know, so funny? I really, I really in real life don't like the sun. I don't like bright, loud things. No, I, I don't either. I, I don't to... I'm so white. I, I, I burn so easily. Yeah. But I still <laughs> like the happiness of the sun card, but I don't really like the sun either. I like the moon. Yeah, I love the magician as well. The magicians and the fool. I think the fool's one of my favorite cards. Did you ever have rats as any of your animal companions oh, my, my daughter my um lilith the 19 year old she she had a rat called biggie smalls oh um, he's just so gorgeous but i put him in the he's in the he's in the tarot somewhere as one of the rats oh rat. really yeah he's in there and um my daughter actually had four rats it kind of was a tyro moment for her she then had to leave where she was and she couldn't take them <laughs> but they had been such a source of you know like she'd gone Healing. through severe bouts of depression and they're such social little guys and I think they made her feel so much like part of their pack you know oh, when she couldn't well, do that herself so she just loved them so much I was so happy to take them in for her and I fell in love with little wrinkly hairless Frank who looked just like an armadillo oh. and he was my tarot study mate. And wow. he, he, do you know the wildwood tarot? Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah. He loved that deck and he loved, he kept picking the, the wanderer, the fool card. Wow. Yeah. And my husband made me about cry one time when I was, I, he passed very suddenly and like, in my arms and like waited for me and I was trying to go put him down and he reached up to me like I'm dying now hold me and I was like oh my god it was so 
those are like oh, the worst that. loss I've ever experienced. And I only had him a year. Uh, it, it was, my husband said something like he, um, when he saw that card, I was like, this always makes me sad about Frank. You know, he said he, he probably thought that was you. Um, and that was like the biggest compliment ever. Cause, cause I always oh, walked barefoot God. and, you know, he just kind you, of like, he recognized sure. me in that. Yeah. They're just so smart. These animals. So. I know. That's why I love painting this deck so much. Cause I could get more um, expression on the animals faces than I could on any human Faces I yeah, I feel their emotions. I feel that they're so special. Isn't it funny that I feel like in stories and everything and culture that um, that mice are always depicted as these wonderful little earnest creatures and rats are the villains? Yeah, always. I always making some animal to the villain, like even the wolf and the sheep. Like, yeah, um, yeah. You know, that's to do with Christianity, making it. Well, oh, like, yeah. Don't be a wolf. More uh, sheep, yeah. yeah, yeah, but putting that putting down sheep and wolves in that way, like sheep are <laughs> followers. And I'm sure you get a rogue sheep that doesn't always follow, you know. Yeah, and um, I would love them all the more. Yeah, but I hate the demonization of some animals, and I know, and, and I find that with cats, big time cats get such a bad rap only because they don't get told, they won't be told what to do. Mm. Yeah, that yeah, is very woman-like. Woman yeah, and that's what I love about cats. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I do like any animal that doesn't like you to train them or tell them what to do. Yeah, I, I respect them more. Yeah. They're authentic. Yeah, that's yeah. them being authentic. Well, tell me more about your, um, like, okay, so our podcast, we talked, have you happened to listen to it at all yet? Yeah, I've listened to two now. Um, the first one. And what I listened to the high priestess the other day. That was fantastic. Oh, yeah. great, great. Yeah, but I love what you, the high priestess, because that was always a bit hard for me to understand. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, I'm more like, of an empress myself. Yeah, yeah, I'm more of an empress too. But I suppose as I've got older, I'm becoming more the high priestess, that inner mm. work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even the wise woman now, as I'm getting mm -hmm. older, mm -hmm. um, the high priestess I think I'm you have to sort of work into like you have to the knowledge brings you into the high priestess like a little girl could be a high priestess but she's still got a while to go before she becomes the oh. I was born a high priestess but it was my I had to have training to become the high priestess I am now and, and that training was life that training is the tarot it's almost like um, it's the empress in between yeah <laughs> find where yeah, you came right. from <laughs> yeah yeah, that's making me think of what is the the triple goddess, the the maiden, the mother, and the crone. Yeah, yeah, maybe the mother teaches us how to connect those two or something. So I feel like there is that element of mothers just like being nature itself. Yeah, just yeah, being exactly. a vessel, mm -hmm. the holy grail. Like we're the holy grail. We've we've held the cup is holding the yeah you know, the fertility. It's such it's and, such a magical thing, and then and then you know, I'm nearing 50 and, and, and feeling that end of that era <laughs> of yeah, fertility. And, again, even though I want to, I'm yeah. silly, but I, I can't go back because I know too much now. It's like, uh -huh. <laughs> ignorance was bliss. And now, yeah. you know, I, you've just got to go forward. And that is, yeah. what you can't, 
but you can play and be silly and all the same things. Yeah, but- no, I, I, th- I think I've been calling it like a second childhood almost. I see yeah, what you mean. I, I don't care anymore. It's like <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Less, and less I think even if I'm, it's like I don't even worry. It doesn't even make matter yeah. now. Yeah. I think that the um, the piece of femininity that like really, because I was always I was very like introverted and like a a little scientist like you mentioned and and I was just out in nature and like writing my notes and drawing and stuff and and exactly insects anything just um not people (laughs) and (laughs) um so then I feel like I was a bit of a high priestess and then I feel like what brought me to this earth almost was motherhood like that grounded me in reality almost and made me go oh I'm a grounded person and I have these dependents and it really changed my sense of identity and I think now that they're grown and I have a so-called empty nest even though I had more (laughs) to fill it (laughs) like Rister Al I I really feel like I have that like letdown reflex. Like if I hear him crying and I'm like, oh, I need to oh. nurse my baby. You know, it's so weird. It's like I'm that attached to it. And it's naturally. so interesting. Animals that that are naturally mothers. Daughter Lilith, she couldn't sleep for about um two years of her life that in her room there was a spirit, a little girl spirit that would wake her up in the middle of the night and push on her all her battery-operated toys and um Lilith would wake up in the middle mom someone's in my room and and she'd wake up and um so these battery operated toys were one of our little brat's cars that you had to click it over twice um for it to go on so the spirit would turn on all her toys in the night and would keep Lily awake and to the point Lily was scared to go to sleep and I eventually got the spirit removed one of my friends who was a medium came down and saw it was a little girl who died in the area and she thought that I was her mother and Lily was her sister and so she'd be playing all through the night and we got her to go to the light. And then, but during that time, my other cat, Zena, the older one, um, Zena's now 15 years old, she's a black cat. And I asked Zena, I got to her and I said to Zena, would you please go in and help me with Lily getting her to sleep? Um, so every night, Lily's bedtime, she'd go into bed and then Zena would follow her into the bed, sit on the end of the bed and help Lily go to sleep with the spirit in the room. And every night, Zena, and then when, Lily was asleep, Zena would come back out into the lounge room with me once she knew she was asleep. This went on for about two years and, and I'd asked the cat specifically to help me with this and and she did for over two years until we removed that spirit and then yeah. the spirit thing went on for two years. I didn't know who to get, who to help me get rid of her until this lady appeared and it was the right timing but the cat knew that Lily couldn't sleep and she knew there was a spirit in the world but, but the cat wasn't afraid of it because um, they see them all the time like fairies, they and I know. Stuff like that. I know. Yeah, I, it's unbelievable. I, I just remembered that when you were saying that. That. I, well, I think that I, I um, I think that could be why I relate to them more because I, I don't understand how humans are so closed off to these energies that I've always known are yeah. there. And it's amazing. It was so I've so since you understand elements and I understand elements, I think the one that I struggle the most with is fire, and oh. I, I, it could be because I lack fire in my own chart. 
um, and mostly air with some water and no earth at all. <laughs> so I, I almost, I'm developing this theory, like we gravitate towards what we're deficient in. Like I was telling Sarah, my co-host, I said in my half sleep the other night, I love the ground so much because I need it so much that I will almost like I want to crawl inside of the soil and be planted. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how much yeah. I feel like I want to get in there. And I said, I did this as sort of a half asleep vision or a guided, my own guided meditation that I did the other night where it was like putting myself in like a plant. And, and I felt so enclosed and comfort, comforted, I was able to fall asleep. So <laughs> Mother Earth is cuddling you. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, am I like trying to crawl back in the womb? What is going on here? <laughs> yeah, that feels wormy. Um, yeah. I, I like fire because I, I suppose the Sagittarius, the mm -hmm. fire is all about creativity to me. Um, yeah. It's that passion. It's that fire. It's a, but also it, it's art. It reminds yeah. me of art and creating. And so, okay. It's that spark. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it's funny because Al has made it come into my life a lot more. And I, I think it was with your deck that he um, isn't the queen of fire, uh, sort of like a dragon. Yes. Yes. So he, he, he does the court cards constantly and he kept pulling that one for me. Wow. Like, this is you, this is you. And, and I kept getting that. I'm like, I don't relate to that card. And I just, um, I've had to sort of accept that there is a real, uh, well of creativity in me and see, I say, well, like I'm a water person, but, um, yeah. well, this I, th I think is fire. I think like, so. This now. Like this is you being queen of ones right now. I think so. I totally think so. You're bringing it all together. Um, mm -hmm. That's the Queen of Wands. She's a real incentive person. She'll bring new ideas in that fire, quick sparking ideas. Like you just to be talking like this is the Queen of yeah. Fire to me. Or Even maybe, yeah, if Sarah's a Leo. And, you know, I've always oh. had Leo, I've always had Sagittarius and Leo girlfriends. Like those have been my closest relationships. And yeah, so wow. I, I think there's something telling me like, you have this part of you that needs to be yeah. expressed and you are that too. <laughs> well, that's the, I don't think you would have seen yourself running a podcast like this. That's, that's totally. Clear. Well, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny. It's um. well, I think what she and I have noticed and that I'm starting to appreciate about my own wand ability is that um, yeah, she, she and I are the manifesto, the manifesto as well. Sorry. Yeah. 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 And I, I came into the ma magician as well. Like I was like, I'm not, I don't have that. And then once I thought, uh, well, what I went through being a mom and yeah. having to come up with things out of nothing <laughs> to sustain us, I was like, oh my gosh, resources. I'm like, I, of course I don't have everything, but I'm using what I have to work the magic and make things available and make us yeah. have a good life. Um, yeah, that's right. So yeah, yeah, that's alchemy. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. that this podcast has been very therapeutic to to realize oh, these man. things. And yeah. then, 
And then I also realized though that we are both, Sarah and I are both incredibly impulsive and it's a beautiful thing. Like that's how I work through life. If I can't be impulsive, then I won't do a thing. If I can't just suddenly decide to do it and, and just do it on a whim, it's probably not going to happen. And impulsive, that's fire. That fire will turn at the quickest. Yeah. Thing yeah you're right consume. yeah it's, it's okay so i'm in my fire realization <laughs> so i was yeah. gonna say like the crone i'm trying to figure out who i am now because that i feel like the the motherhood phase no longer defines me so maybe yeah. i'm queen of fire in my crone year <laughs> and i've got to get more earthy so i think i've always been queen of fire i've always identified with the cups and the queen of wands or the queen of cups as myself depends what mood i'm in uh-huh. um, i've never identified the queen of swords or the queen of earth but mm. i think as i'm getting older i'm becoming more earth um more grounded and and yeah like even yeah i was always to- i kind of always felt like the swords queen and then kind of briefly the earth and then cups mm. maybe but i saw that so much as my mom that i was like that's her card so um yeah yeah but yeah, yeah well i saw the queen of earth as my mom i saw earth as my mom oh interesting okay so maybe you become more of a mother's as we get older weirdly or i'm <laughs> learning to understand my mom more as i get older yeah. as well and understand why she was like she was and you know and also back then they didn't have all the resources spiritually we have now like they couldn't work on themselves as much as we could now because they didn't have the time. They didn't have all the exactly. Help I know. The, I, the I think philosophy. Yeah. I've always said yeah. that about why there's so much like historically more men in a lot of the arts, like especially they had in music. Time. They had, um, exactly. trade carriers. <laughs> they had yeah. moms. They had wives, and yeah. we got stuck. Yeah, I, I experienced I it. I want a wife. I used to say, where's my yeah. wife to do everything? I know. No, life. I experienced it with my ex was that I became a mother when I was the artist and he got to be the artist and get the recognition. And I got to be stay at home with the kids while he went and performed. And it just, it ate away at me so yeah. badly because I didn't get to express that part of myself. Yeah, well, that's what I'd seen in my mum a lot. And so I made sure I was always creating. Even when I was a mum, I was a single mother and I had to like bust my ass to pay bills and things like that. But I stayed strong to my art because I knew it would have caused me big depression. I would yeah. probably be in a mental home if I hadn't been able to do my art. So I just used to have to set my girls up over there and they'd go, mum. And I'd say, mummy's at work. You've got to understand that my art is work. I'm like a, yeah. your father who goes out to jobs that you're lucky to see mum at the table working like you've got to respect this work I do and they did they got it they they saw and I said bringing in and but oh god it was a battle and I always had to sort of fight to stay that way and that's so good that's so good that you modeled it that you define that for yourself and I I feel like I regret um no, but you never now. yes yes but i i never made that stand until uh kind of recently and and, that's the and realized 
that's the queen of fire in me saying, yep. no, like, I am going to be authentic. You can't change who I am. Otherwise you're not going to, you chose me as a mother. You knew that I was going to be busy with art. And they say, oh, you know, I you know I've, we always had jokes about they chose me as a mother and I chose you as a daughter. <laughs> we had contracts yeah. up there. So you're stuck with me now. So let's learn to love each other for, you know. Yeah. I think there was so much are- with, with the partner for me that it was, it was almost like I, I gravitate towards this likeness, this sameness, and we're having the same issues and we're battling or we're in competition for the same place mm. or something. Yeah, that so that's what it was like. That. Yeah. Totally. So yeah, it's hard I'll to have, it. it's hard to have healthy, um, complementary roles when you're both competing for that same. Problem. Oh, totally. And I think that was my blessing is that I did get a divorce. <laughs> Yeah. So I could become my own self. And even though as hard as that was, um, it's probably one of the best things I did. Otherwise, I would have been the same competing thing and I would have lost who I was. So I think yeah. in the end, the divorce became a blessing because at least I got to be do it all my way. Yeah. That's great. So how can I ask how old you are? Um, I'm 52. So yeah, we're we're right around the same age. So I grew up in the seventies and eighties and I got my first little, um, boom box, you know, and I would go around and like play, play DJ and record everything on cassette tapes and like have oh my, my goodness, stuffed animal good. bands. Yeah. I figured. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you probably know Casey Kasem. I mean, maybe we had different things cause we're in different countries, but, um, continents. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Casey, he did the, the top 40. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 40. Oh my god, yeah, I know you. Oh yeah. my gosh. So no, I was obsessed with the radio and DJs and, and and programming on the radio and I would tape stuff and I would listen to like so I actually think like I said I was having a wow, second childhood. Was- I think I'm like revisiting my oh, love of is- of radio and interviews and, and talking to people oh, that inspire oh, me. Oh. And so yeah, oh, I'm awful. having a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, say goodbye and let you, well, yeah, but <laughs> well, thank you for sharing so many cool stories. Um, no, it's, oh, it's lovely. great. Oh, beautiful. Well, I've got to drive today, so I'll listen to your um, Empress on the way. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Bye.